He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a beautiful uh, hill country morning. Um, I'm telling you, uh, please, God, send some rain. I mean, that's about all there is to it. If you really want to, you know, if you want to add to the fact that Wednesday, I think, is the most depressing day of the week, isn't that? Uh, Wouldn't surprise me if that's true. Um, if you want to just double down on that today, just go to to the um, drought website, um, folks. It's uh, it's kind of spooky. We're in a uh, we're in a pretty serious drought here in uh, Gillespie and Kerr counties and the surrounding uh, counties here. And uh, yeah, I just uh, for some reason yesterday afternoon I said, you know, I think I'll just go over and see where the what the drought map looks like. And, uh, yeah, I wished I hadn't have done that. I think we're something like in the 12th driest March in 128 years. That's how long they've been keeping the data is 128 years. And uh, something like the eighth droughtest, uh, uh, eighth driest, uh, droughtest, is that the word? That's a word. It's a new word. It's the eighth droughtest uh, beginning of the year in 128 years. So, yeah, it's kind of spooky. Um, so yes, keep, uh, keep, uh, prayers for rain, um, on your list. Listen, we, uh, I put out a, a an appeal yesterday and that was not even planned. It kind of just, uh, kind of flowed out about my trip to Houston. And I want to thank Jack Schubert and Vance Long for, um, for making, uh, for making my trip to Houston, uh, pretty much, uh, po- uh very possible, making it, uh, pretty easy now. And, uh, I'm very grateful to Jack and Vance and we're going to be, um, giving a, uh, I'm going to talk about these guys a little bit, uh, over the next few weeks. And, uh, when we get to Houston, um, but go, uh, check out MagEyes.com If you want to do that for me this morning, M a G E Y E S.com. Go check that out. All right. We got a lot of things on the calendar. Uh, Thursday, that's tomorrow. Uh, the Fredericksburg tea party is having their, um, annual, uh, near annual, their, their regular second Thursday meeting. And, uh, it's going to be at St. Joseph's hall in Fredericksburg at two, one, two West, uh, two, one, two West San Antonio. And, uh, dinner is served at six and, uh, the meeting starts at six thirty. We have some very interesting guests that are uh, going to be there. And, uh, so we're looking forward to it. Not just our keynote speakers, which, um, it's going to be, uh, Dr. Richard Johnson. He is the director of the Texas public policy foundations, Booker T Washington initiative. And, uh, but that is not, he, I'm going to ask him to talk about that a little bit, but there have, they have been doing uh, what they call a parental rights tour across the state of Texas. Uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation has a bunch of uh, experts in their offices, and uh, so they have been uh, going across the state with uh, what they call the parental rights tour, 
and uh, they're they're going to be uh, coming tomorrow night. And uh, the the members of the tour we gonna are we're going to have is uh, Dr. Richard Johnson, um, as well. He is uh, formerly known as Dr. J. And uh, then also we'll have with him Mr. Um, uh, what is that guy's name? Abba. Uh, okay, so uh, there you go, Barba, Michael Barba. He is the policy director for the K through 12 education um, branch of uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation. This is going to be a great meeting. And uh, some other surprise guests um, that we are going to be giving the microphone to. So we got a got a good show lined up for you. Uh, that's tomorrow night, Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting, and that is the May meeting, second Thursday of May meeting. Um, then, uh, Friday, uh, another meet and greet for We the People, Liberty in Action. Remember, this is the group that uh, they do not, th- these guys formed a, l- a couple of years ago now and uh, have been crazy active in Kerr County and Kerrville. I'm so proud of what they've been doing and how hard they've been working they do not have regular meetings. In fact, I I, man, I love the way they're doing this. They have uh, meet and greets, uh, unscheduled, kind of not, not at a regular day or time, but they will just do a pop-up meet and greet every few weeks, every, every now and then. And uh, they will, there they bring all their, their um, focus groups too. So if you want to get engaged in something in Kerr County, Kerrville, um, the, we, the people, Liberty in action is uh, boy, they've got a really smart idea. And so they're doing one of their meet and greets this Friday at five 30. So what a great way to, uh, to, uh, go on Friday afternoon. Um, and so listen carefully, listen carefully. They're going to be at what was formerly known as the hay barn. All right. Don't get confused here. It was formerly known as the Hay Barn. Many of you may not even know that the Hay Barn is no longer called the Hay Barn. It has been purchased by another. It has been uh, purchased by another music venue called Southern Sky Music. Now, many of you have, may have gone to Southern Sky Music at their previous location. So they're moving. So it is called Southern Sky Music is now the new name of uh, what used to be called the Hay Barn. So don't want to get you to get confused. And uh, so that's it Friday at 530 at uh, what used to be the Hay Barn and now has a new name. So that is Friday uh, the 13th at uh, 530. Saturday the 14th, the Raul Reyes Road Trip. Uh, That is going to be a blast. It is a meet and greet grand tour starting in Bernie, uh, in Bandera, I'm sorry, starting in Bandera at 8 o'clock this Friday, and I've been giving you details uh, all of that Saturday, this Saturday, 8 o'clock this Saturday in Bandera at the Rockland Sass Boutique, and uh, so that'll, they're going to go through something like 10 different uh, little towns and make different stops at, uh, you know, places like Billy Bob Burgers and El Ranchito Mexican Grill and Whataburger and La Pasadita Restaurant. And so um, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Saturday, if you want to do a road trip with uh, Raul Reyes, uh, starts at Bandera at the Rockland Sass Boutique at 8 o'clock Saturday morning. Um, On a little further down on your calendar, on Wednesday the 18th, a week from today, there's going to be a really great opportunity to see a movie called Grid Down Power Up that is up at the Capitol Auditorium. 
um, and uh, it is being put on by Senator Hall, who has been fighting to try to get our grid protected in Texas. And so this is a very informative uh, movie. I've seen little pieces of it called Grid Down Power Up. That's at the Capitol Auditorium next Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Um, next Thursday, a week from uh, tomorrow at uh, 6 o'clock at St. Joseph's, the Gillespie uh, County Republican meeting, uh, women's will be meeting, and their guest is going to be Buddy Mills. So that is next uh, Thursday, the 19th. So let's, uh, you know, I've always wanted to do this very first um, Poor Richard's entry when uh, Ben Franklin started Poor Richard's Almanac in 1733, and he had all these little sayings in there, these little maxims, proverbs, whatever you want to call them. And uh, the very first one always made me a little bit curious, and it's probably just because I don't know the language of the time, but uh, maybe you can help me out here. It says, never spare the parson's wine, nor the baker's pudding. Never spare the parson's wine, nor the baker's pudding. The only thing I can guess is that mean that a parson, that the preacher always has a bunch of wine, and that the baker always has a much bunch of uh, pudding. Not too sure about that one. So if anybody knows what that means, uh, y'all let me know. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. Got a couple of short stories here for you, just uh, some little ones. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of depth about these, but I find them kind of interesting. In the first one, um, if uh, when I read you the title, um, the uh, this is not what uh, this is not what uh, I'm I'm uh, pointing out in this article. So the Texan, <coughs> excuse me, the Texan dot news. We had Connie Burton on here. They're celebrating three years uh, the same way uh, in the same. Actually, they started at the same time I did on the radio, the very same week. The Texan.News got started, and we had uh, Senator Burton on with us uh, last week. And by the way, I got caught up on my podcasts yesterday, so you got three new podcasts up. And um, so anyway, I'm looking at the Texan. And uh, so Austin voters approve low-level marijuana decriminalization and a ban on no-knock warrants. And so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read that article, see what that says about. And the thing that caught me, the thing that made me stop was down in the 10th paragraph. All right, and I want to listen. I want you to listen to this very carefully. This is a progressive organization called Ground Game Texas. And uh, this act they passed about the uh, no-knock act um, was uh, called the Austin Freedom Act. And um, the Austin Freedom Act. So this is what Julie Oliver of Ground Game Texas said. The Austin Freedom Act is proof positive that when we put popular progressive policies in front of voters, we can bring thousands of new voters into the fold and mobilize the electorate behind important change. So forget the whole, the, the purpose of this uh, article was to tell you how they decriminalized marijuana and uh, criminalized uh, police officers. Um, but when you get down to this line, I'm going to read it again. And she says, 
This act is proof positive that when we put popular progressive policies in front of voters, here's the important part, we can bring thousands of new voters into the fold. Do you see what they're doing there? They put a progressive popular idea onto the ballot, and what does it do? It brings thousands of new voters into the fold. What are we doing on the flip side of that? What are conservatives doing that are bringing thousands of new voters into the fold? Are we doing much of anything? I, th I just, uh, that line, uh, that little statement from Julie Oliver, who was um, joined by uh, Michael, uh, Mike Siegel, uh, an attorney who uh, ran as a Democrat candidate for the Texas 10th Congressional District in 2020 and 2018. So these guys getting new people to vote, they just uh, put weed on the ballot and we'll get a bunch of new voters. And then what they'll do in that process is they'll hang on to those voters and follow up with them. That's where we're losing this game as conservatives. We don't do things like that, and we probably should. Um, so let's see another short little uh, story I think was very interesting because, well, first of all, the, the fact that I had to read it in an international newspaper and uh, not a, uh, a, a Texas magazine or a Texas paper, but this was in the Epoch Times article that just popped up yesterday and if you recall, a few months back, the uh, Kinney County uh, Sheriff and um, the uh, the attorney there, the city attorney or the county attorney, um, I believe, uh, let's see, I know his name is right here at the bottom. I've met the guy a couple of times. We've had him on the air here. Uh, uh, Kinney County Attorney Brent Smith um, uh, was also engaged in this. So Kinney County, what they came up with, this idea of, what we'll do is work with the ranchers and we'll, we'll uh, arrest these guys for trespass. Do you remember that? They said uh, if the feds won't keep them out, as soon as they cross into private property, if the property owner will cooperate with the local authorities, then they can be arrested and charged with trespass and then held in jail. So all of that and the first illegal alien trespass trial happened in Texas. And uh, so the defendant, a Honduran native, Lester Hidalgo Aguilar, was found guilty of criminal trespass on a local ranch and sentenced to the maximum jail time of one year. Now, he had already been serving, I believe it says on later on, that he had already been serving eight months while he waited for his trial, and so he only has to serve four months. The, um, the owner of the property, or four more months, the owner of the property, Ms. Tomlin, um, said uh, that she was uh, satisfied uh, with the outcome. She said uh, she thought he would uh, get off, and so she says, I'm happy. And uh, this uh, now, oh, they, she also says, uh, I have a gun all the time now. And uh, because she has uh, started seeing more and more uh, people on her property. Um, she says uh, that her life has changed considerably in the past year and a half as more illegal aliens encroach on her land. She recalled one of the scariest moments when she was opening a fence to let her horse out while still astride her ATV. A man appeared and she said, 
that he whispered, don't tell, don't tell. And he leapt over the fence toward her ATV. So she hits the gas and he strikes the side of the ATV and falls down. And uh, then she calls the Border Patrol, who were just down the road looking for him. And uh, the agents arrested the man. And uh, they later told her he was a five-time aggravated assault felon from Honduras. All right. So uh, they have started this uh, process of arresting and charging and then taking to trial those who have criminally trespassed onto ranches in the Kenny County. So congratulations to them. We knew this was, uh, you know, going to take some time. I remember first hearing it thinking, well, that's a great idea because it once they now they have a record. See, now he has a record in the country. And so when the feds, if he tries to get in another time, he finishes up serving his year and uh, they send him back to Guatemala. And uh, then uh, he gets back. Uh, if he tries again, then he now has a criminal record of uh, and will be turned back at the border. That's the idea. I, we don't even know if any of that really works anymore, do we? We don't. I was looking at uh, Breitbart this morning, one of my regular um, websites I scan every morning. And uh, if you want to go, if you want to see what's happening at the border, Breitbart, um, Breitbart.com, go check it out. You have to go find their border page. If it's a really big story, it will be on their front landing page. But what you have to do is uh, go to the top and uh, look for the international news, world news, drop that menu down, and there will be uh, border uh, border cartels, uh, border and the uh, 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 Texas uh, cartels and the border the, uh, tab and link on that, and that will pop up all the stories. And I'm telling you, folks, they are waiting on the other side of the border right now. One of our border towns, I believe Reynosa, is always having uh, is already having a problem with the people that are stacking up on their side, waiting for this magic date when uh, Title 42 goes away, which we're not even sure what that date is anymore. I think it's been postponed a couple of weeks. But in Reynosa, the uh, law enforcement's already having an issue with the people that are getting piled up there. And uh, that is true. There was something like uh, 4,000 people arrested or detained over Mother's Day weekend. 4,000 detained. 4,000 in Texas alone detained over Mother's Day weekend. How many gotaways? Folks, these numbers are amazing. Go to Breitbart.com. I'll, uh, I'll maybe we'll bring some of these. I got some really important things to talk about today, but uh, uh, just more more important things than we have time to cover. But I would encourage you go check out the uh, uh, Cartel Chronicles and uh, the Border tab at uh, Breitbart. Um, there's a lot happening on the Texas border. You're not hearing about it, and um, I'm afraid that dam is going to break very suddenly, very quickly, and that we will have quite a wave, a tsunami, um, over the period of a day or two or a, a weekend uh, before too long. So, anyway, kind of scary. Sure hope, uh, sure hope Abbott steps up. Speaking of Abbott, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Governor Abbott when we uh, get back after this short break. Y'all stay tuned. 
All right, folks, we are back. Um, I was um, rooting around uh, the Texan last night, the Texan.news. I already mentioned it. Uh, here's another article from the Texan.news. Um, and, uh, but uh, this one is called, uh, this article I'm talking about now is Abbott commits to state funding following students at a campaign stop and hinting at school vouchers. Wow, that's a kind of a departure from Abbott. Um, the but he hadn't used the word voucher yet. That's a you know that's a poison word, and uh, we don't like to use that word vouchers. Um, so I'm reading through there, and I get to the third paragraph, and it says Abbott's campaign hinted earlier in the day that the uh, governor would expand on his already released parental bill of rights. Hmm. I said, well, that's interesting because we hadn't been able to get him to make any kind of statement about that. And so apparently recently sometime, Ben, I haven't, you know, I don't read all of Governor Abbott's speeches. Um, So I was uh, not familiar with him when he did say that he had a parental bill of rights because we've been talking about that. And, you know, we have the Senate is already on uh, uh, is working on a bill like this. Uh, Senator Hall's working on this, and and we had a we reported the story a couple of weeks ago about a Republican in the House who said he would uh, be supporting a bill like that and promoting it in the House. And then Dade Phelan, uh, when asked about it, said, "Yeah, right. We're not doing that. that that's just the Republicans being cancel culture, right?" That's what. Uh, that's the way he put it. He called us uh, conservatives. Um, said we were contributing to the cancel culture if we wanted to um, have a parental uh, bill of rights that uh, that you know kept certain books out of the school, et cetera, et cetera. CRT, all of these things we're trying to get out of school. He says, well, that's just cancel culture coming from the right. So we got we got feeling real clear on where he stands on this, and we Abbott was not saying anything. So I go into this article, and right there in the third paragraph, it's, it says parental bill of rights, and it was highlighted because it has a link. Now that's one of the things uh, uh, Senator Burton and I talked about was that their articles most of the time <laughs> their links take you right to the uh, to the proof of what they're trying to say. So I followed this link to the Parental Bill of Rights, and it came up with a really nice flyer, um, the Abbott uh, Governor Securing the Future of Texas. Um, It says at the top, Parental Bill of Rights, and of course it's in red, white, and blue. Governor Abbott has prioritized education since taking office. Really? Okay. Um, during his tenure, he designated pre-K funding as his first emergency item as governor in 2015. Um, I know a lot of people out there think that was good because they can get rid of their kids out of the house a year earlier. Um, but uh, I believe it's just uh, one more year of indoctrination. And then he says he led efforts to reform the school finance system creating a student-focused educational structure where the needs of a child will determine the funding allocations while also providing outcome-based incentive funding. Listen, it is all this gobbledygook, talk, 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 talk. Um, But the point of all of this that I wanted to make in this article is 
that you need to go to Governor Abbott's campaign site. And I'm going to start doing this this afternoon. And uh, you, if you want to, download and print. Um, he's got all these one-pagers on there. And uh, I, would, I would definitely save all of those because, you know, when someone's running for office, they always make you a bajillion promises, don't they? It's always, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, the, the, um, and then they don't. And we vote for them again because they say, well, this time I'm going to really do it. Kind of reminds me of Lucy and the football but so I would suggest that you go and just download, save. If you have a big uh, hard drive, uh, external hard drive, which I recommend, by the way, as much as uh, things are disappearing off the interwebs, um, if you have yourself a terabyte or larger hard drive, then every now and then you see some things and it's like, you know what, I'm going to keep a copy of this and, and just keep it on my hard drive. And uh, because uh, then I can control it and it's not on the cloud where it can disappear. It's not on a website that can disappear because I promise you a lot of these uh, campaign websites, as soon as they're elected or reelected, they disappear. You know why? Because they don't want you going back and reading what you promised them that you were going to do. All right. So go check this out. So what got all this? And here's was the weird twist about it. So I hit the link for Parental Bill of Rights, and it takes me to this awesome flyer. And so then I look down in the, is it where it is? Oh, in my computer, it's up at the top. It'll take you where it took, where it uh, went to uh, get this uh, one pager. So I looked at it, and it said gregabbott.com. And I, by the way, it needs the www, or you won't get there. So www.gregabbott.com. So I opened up a new tab, and I went to www.gregabbott.com and um, looked for the parental bill of rights on that page because that was the link it took me to. And you know what? I went over every single tab, every single clickable item on www.gregabbott.com and I could not find that parental bill of rights. And so I went back and I looked at my link. And so, yes, you can get this parental bill of rights. And unless he's added it to his web page since last night, the only way you're going to find this is go to the Texan and follow the link. Right? Because it is not, you cannot go to www.gregabbott.com and find the parental bill of rights. You can find all kinds of other things. He's got a whole list of his issues that he's going to do. There's property tax reform, uh, front of the line veterans policy, uh, preventing, protecting, punishing public safety policy proposal. Um, uh, let's see. Here's one safeguarding, securing and serving. Um, I'm not even sure what that is all about. Um, I don't even know what that means. Um, he talks about growing the economy, uh, protecting individual liberty, defending the Second Amendment. You know, listen, this guy fought against Second Amendment for years until he got enough, uh, until he got enough uh, uh, pushback from people like you and I. Um, protecting religious, religious liberty, securing our communities, securing the border, enforcing the law, supporting law enforcement, increasing government transparency, uh, elevate Texas education, 
Um, here we go. Reed Abbott's Educating Texans Foundations of Excellence Plan. His uh, Educating Texans Local Control Plan. Educating Texans Digital Learning Plan. Um, uh, educating Texas Higher Education Plan. Restore the Constitution. Article 5 of the Convention of States. This guy, he is absolutely every dream that every conservative has ever had when you look at his campaign promises. You already know where I stand on his <laughs> performance, um, and I'm not very happy with him. And um, I want to suggest that you go to www.gregabbott.com and make sure that you have a saved copy of all of this so that when you go to the Capitol next year, next January, and they're not doing anything about the border or they're not doing anything about education or they're not doing anything to protect parents, then you can just say, Governor Abbott, you made all these promises. You told us this is what you were going to do. All right? And um, we can put the pressure on that way, make them hold up to their promises. You know, one of the things I've done uh, over the years and is the – I will save all my, I know you're getting all those crazy flyers in the mail, right? So save every one of them. Have a box. Don't just leave them stacked on the uh, dining room table because your wife will not be very happy with you. I don't know where I came up with that. But, uh, yeah, find a box for them and uh, stick them in there. And then when the election comes, rifle through all of those and throw away the losers. All right, use them for fire starter or whatever, the bottom of your birdcage, throw away the losers, and keep those cards, keep these uh, those mailers for the winners because come next legislative session, that's going to be about your only physical evidence of the promises they made. It'll be there in writing. You can't. They won't be able to say, well, that was part of a speech and you took it out of context or anything like that. You'll say, no, here's the flyer that hit my front door. It said you're going to secure the border or you're going to protect the kids or whatever it says they're going to do, but you haven't done it yet, right? I know one organization up in uh, up in the Fort Worth area who took all of the uh, flyers and uh, put them together in a little booklet and uh, so they're, you know, said, all right, here are all the promises made. We got you an office. Now, this is just a reminder to everything you sent us in the mail. So that is, um, do that. Hang on to those, and then when you go to the Capitol, all you, if you, when you get that appointment with your new senator or your new representative or perhaps your incumbent representative, and you make that visit to his office and just have that flyer in your hand and say, you know, I voted for you back there in the primary and then in the runoff, and then I voted for you in the, in the general election in November, and you kept sending me all these flyers, and, and now you're in there, and uh, what are you doing about this point on this flyer? What are you doing about the next point on this flyer? What are you doing about that? Hold them accountable. You've got to hold them accountable. And the other way to hold them accountable is to learn how to navigate the Texas legislature online website. And you might say, well, what's the big deal about navigating through a website? We do it all the time. 
Folks, the Texas legislature on Ryan, line is an amazing, an amazing um, amount of information for everything you need to know in the, during the next legislative session. If you want to know how your guy or gal is voting, what they're saying, what they're whether they're going to the back mic, any of those things, that is all found on TLO. And I'm going to be doing some training on these in June and July. Um, I have secured a location, and now I'm just busy working on the calendar. And uh, so I want you to keep that in mind when I announce that training. Um, that is something that uh, will really help you get around and hold, help hold these guys accountable. And uh, then so you'll have the website. Uh, you'll know how to get around the website and show them, well, you voted this way, that way, and the other way. And then your flyer says this thing, that thing, and the other thing. Um, what's going on here? All right. Because you and I both know they're going to say anything they can to get themselves elected. And then they pretty much do their own thing up there. And that's not because they're they're evil. That is because, well, it could be, but generally that's not because they're evil, but it's because no one ever has ever held them accountable and they don't ever have to, they've never had to do that before. You know, that happened, uh, the school board, the Fredericksburg, the Fredericksburg school board until last winter, the beginning of last winter had never had anybody come and want to testify before their meetings. No one had ever, had, had ever complained about anything. That's why these guys get away with the things they get away with is because they have never been held accountable. In fact, we're going to talk about that when we get back, um, there's a fellow by the name of Lawson who says um, the uh, education system has uh, broken the public trust, and I have to agree with him. Folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Um, by the way, these podcasts are available. If you go to hillcountrypatriot.com, the, uh, our daily programming, mine, Harley's, Lorraine's, um, stays up at hillcountrypatriot.com. It stays there for about a week. They rotate them out, um, and uh, so you can go there for about a week. So if you hear something today or you heard something yesterday and you want to tell a friend about it, then then a good place to go is to go to uh, hillcountrypatriot.com and they'll have the podcast right there and you can listen to it, pass it on, share it with a friend. And that's only good for a week though. And then after that, I have personally been taking uh, my uh, daily programming for almost a year now. I think I started in June of last year and I'm putting them up on podcast sites. Uh, The most popular ones that people go to are spotify and and apple podcasts and then there's one called podcast bean pocket casts breaker radio public uh, google podcasts all kinds of places if you'll go and search for the matt long show um you will uh, in some cases you will find two podcasts called the matt long show one of them is a very handsome picture of me standing in front of the capitol um, I believe I'm even wearing, uh, I don't know if I'm wearing a tie. I think I'm wearing a jacket. 
Um, so that's very rare that you will see me in a jacket. Um, but a beautiful day at the Capitol, and I got a great picture up there. Uh, the other Matt Long show is a guy that travels uh, and does travel blogs. So it's pretty easy, and it doesn't have his picture up there because he's probably not near as handsome as I am and uh, wouldn't want to expose himself to that. So easy to find. Look for The Matt Long Show. Those podcasts stay up there as long as uh, I want them to stay up there. And they are, um, you, the, I've got the uh, description of them. I've got the guest's name on them. So you could go back and say, wait a minute, didn't you interview old so-and-so uh, last month and he still wants my vote? And you go, yes, sir, there it is. There's that Ray, Raul Reyes interview or the second or the third one. There's that Ellen Troxclair interview or two or three of them. Or there's that Justin Berry interview. Or you might say, well, where is uh, uh, Mr. Pete Flores, the establishment favorite? Well, he doesn't happen to be there because he's never answered any of my calls or emails or texts or anything. He doesn't want to have anything to do with the Matt Long show. Uh, that You know, that ought to be reason enough right there to not vote for the guy. All right, so here's a, a um, what do you call it, a commentary, an editorial that appeared in the Texas Scorecard yesterday and written by a guy named Brent Lawson, and I'm looking at his picture, and I'm pretty sure I've met this guy before, Brent Lawson, and the title of this is called Education System Broke Public Trust with Defensive Reactions to Obscene Books. And I started reading that, and it was one of those that I felt stupid when I got done reading it, because it was so clearly obvious to what he was saying that we should have all been thinking the way he was thinking when he wrote this down. And frankly, it never crossed my mind. That is how brainwashed we have gotten. That what he's saying in this article, and I'm going to read it to you here in a second, never crossed my mind. That, that, that's sad. But it also shows how we've been brainwashed. And so here we go. This is from Brent Lawson, you can find this at the Texas Scorecard. It is uh, uh, came out on May 10th. That was yesterday. So he says, there are situations where defensiveness is understandable, even an appropriate response to being questioned. This isn't one of those situations. One of the things that has been so perplexing in this national discussion about obscene books in public schools is that the initial reaction or response from librarians, teachers, and school administrators is so often defensiveness, frequently even extending to passive-aggressive finger-pointing and denials, or worse. When confronted with something shocking, our natural first reaction reveals where our sympathies lie in the situation. I'm going to read that again. That is, man, I'm telling you what, that's a life lesson right there. When confronted with something shocking, our natural first reaction reveals where our sympathies lie in the situation. In other words, the first thing that pops out of your mouth shows where you truly stand when you're confronted with something that's like, what? Um, so there we go. Many, that's going to go on. Many people initially thought and hoped that this was something that had slipped through. They expected the reaction from librarians, educators, school administrators, and boards to be similar to the reaction of parents when they discovered obscenity in our schools. 
They expected them to be appalled, even grateful to be made aware of the problem. But educators were defensive. They acted like they had been caught in wrongdoing by someone who had no right to question them. He goes on, he says, he says, there are a number of schools embroiled in this in Texas. By the way, that would be Kerrville, Fredericksburg. He says, I can think of one school that responded immediately with a visceral commitment to hunt down those books, get them out of the school, and make sure it never happens again. The rest were defensive. And by the way, uh, Brent uh, does not tell us what that one school was because, well, it's not really important. Um, he says the rest were defensive. The rest were consistently passive-aggressive, denying there was a problem, lying about books not being in their library, and pointing fingers at booksellers, at book reviewers, and at parents for protesting wrongly. School officials bristled at the idea of being held to account by parents and concerned citizens. Those responses clearly revealed that their sympathies did not lie with the parents' concerns. They broke the public trust. What the public needs to see is a right response from the public education system. I may have rewritten that. I might have said correct. What is the public needs to see is a correct response from the public education system we need to see proactivity. We need to see ownership. Teachers, librarians, administrators, and school boards should be openly leading the charge on this with a transparency that can reassure their communities that their trust is deserved. The fact that these are not the natural response is revealing defensiveness seems to have become institutionalized. There is a strong us, that be public education, versus them, parents and, and community, components to this. He says there's a strong us versus them, the us being the public education system and the them being the parents in the community. So read that paragraph again. Defensiveness seems to have become institutionalized there is a strong us versus them component to this. Our public educators should first relate to the children and the community being served, not the public education system or their colleagues. Public education should be a service to the community, not an authority over families. The attitudes that have been revealed are deeply concerning. The relationship is not healthy and it's going to take great effort to restore. As with many human problems, there is a necessary introspection that must take place before corrections pan begin in earnest. There is still no evidence of that taking place in any meaningful measure in our public education system. So to sum up that entire article I just read by Brent Lawson on the Texas Scorecard, what Brent Lawson was expecting from teachers, librarians, and school boards that when parents came forward and said, man, there's all these nasty books and these crazy ideas getting into our schools, his added, he expected the teachers and the school board members to 
all go, oh, really? Are you? We got to clean that up. We we don't need that stuff in our schools. We need to get that out of there. You're right, parents. You're correct. This is this does not fit with uh, this is does not fit in our education. These things don't need to be. But that is not what has happened. Our school boards and our teachers and librarians have all acted like we've caught them with their hand in the cookie jar and they're trying to defend themselves. Well, we did. And, um, folks, uh, we need different attitude from our teachers, librarians, and school board members. Going to go to Jeremiah 29. We got into Jeremiah 6 yesterday. I'm going to go to Jeremiah 29 and uh, going to go to 11 through 13. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, for I know the plans I have for you, and telling me they think, uh, yeah, God's got a plan for all of us. In fact, Lorraine says uh, we were all brought here for a purpose. I was... um, at this time, at this date, at this place, we all have a purpose. I was visiting uh, with a gentleman yesterday, um, and uh, yeah, he's getting old. All right, let's just put it that way. He's not uh, my mother-in-law's age; is ninety-seven, but he's he's approaching. He's he's in that area, and uh, he said a really interesting thing. He said um, he said, and he's already lost his wife and a lot of his family, and he says, you know the only reason I'm still around here is, is is that God has some kind of plan for me. And he says, I wish God would just let me know because I'm getting old and it would be really nice to know what in the world he's having me stick around here for. Boy, don't we all feel the same way. All right, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine. We'll see you tomorrow.